What's going on, man? Welcome back to the channel. Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron. And on this channel, we're usually talking fantasy football, but today we're talking New York Jets football. I am a tried and true diehard Jets fan. I've been a Jets fan since I was one years old and I came out of the womb and my dad slapped a Jets varsity jersey on my back. I have been born into this and it sucks so far in my lifetime. We've been to the, the playoffs a few times. We've had the Mark Sanchez years, but the last five, ever since Mark Sanchez left and the Darrell Rivas years left and Rex Ryan and all that, it has been an absolute shithole to be a Jets fan. And today is probably the most excited I've been to be a Jets fan in the past five years. So I wanted to hop on the mic, talk about Jets football. This is my first Jets video, and I really want to come out here and really become part of the Jets community, part of Jets media, not just my football stuff. That's going to be my main stuff, but here, every once in a while, I'm going to have free agent reactions, draft reactions, trade reactions, anything like that. Anything Jets football will be on this channel from time to time. So if you're a Jets fan or if you just fuck with football in general, make sure you go down below, subscribe. Today we're going to talk about the Robert Sala signing. And I'm going to do a little three-round mock draft with what I think him and Joey Douglas are going to do in the draft in free agency. So without further ado, let's jet the fuck up. Let's go. Last night, the news came in that Robert Sala signed with the Jets. It was like late 11 p.m., 11.30 p.m. Now it's the next morning. I needed to hop on the mic, say something about it. And right off the bat, I love the hire. I think it's a great hire. Personally, if you follow my Twitter or if you follow my takes, you know that I kind of wanted an offensive-minded guy. I wanted a Joe Brady, a Dabble, a enemy. I wanted somebody that is an offensive guru, an offensive mastermind, kind of like a Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan type mold. But I think that this is easily... The next best thing. Anybody that didn't have an offensive coordinator background, he was my top candidate out of everybody that wasn't already an OC. So he is that leader of men, high T, high testosterone, alpha fucking male prototype. And I think that's perfect for a team like the Jets. It's perfect after Gase completely dismantled this team. Everybody hated the locker room. Gase was just Gase was just a plain asshole. Like on in press conferences, in the locker room, he was just an asshole to everybody. And the thing is even with being an asshole, you can be you can be not a great locker room guy, as long as you're super smart and you're you earn the respect of the team through offense and through X's and O's and having a good playbook. Gase did none of that, so Saul's gonna come in and he's gonna pretty much undo all of this. the The locker room was in shambles last year. He's gonna undo all this, and if you look on Instagram, Makai Becton was tweeting at him. Uh, Quinn and Williams was tweeting at him. Everybody's excited for Saul to come in and really change this culture around, and I love it because. Adam Gase, to me, feels like a guy that, going up in the NFL ranks, he knew a guy. He's always been somebody that just gets hired because he's Adam Gase. He gets he gets respect simply because he was the QB coach when Peyton Manning had his, like, 50 touchdown season, which is cool, but at the end of the day, you were a QB coach coaching coaching a Hall of Fame quarterback that probably calls most of his own plays and is probably just telling you to grab his fucking water bottle. And the differences with Sala on top of improving the culture is he didn't get brought in because he knows a guy. He spent 10 years being an assistant slash quality control manager type coach where He's just on the sideline. He's not calling plays. He's not a position coach, anything like that. It took him 10 years before he was a position coach. And then after that, it took him six years until he became a DC. Then he becomes a, a DC for four years at the Niners. And now he's a head coach now. He has 20 years of coaching experience before even being a head coach. So being a guy that didn't play in the NFL, didn't rub shoulders with the high ups in the NFL, he really earned his way up. He came from a no-name college. I think it was like Northwestern Michigan. He played four years, got a finance degree. This isn't a guy that that knows people or gets grandfathered into the NFL, he truly earned his way up these ranks. And I really like his upside. He can be a Mike Vrabel, Brian Flores type CEO coach where they really he really sees all the operations on the team. And 
the differences between him and those guys, those two are elite coaches, top 10 coaches in the league. They have great units and they don't even call the plays. The thing about Robert Sala that sets him apart from that is he's going to be a CEO, high testosterone, own the locker room type guy, rally the fucking boys up. But he's also an elite, elite defensive mind. Now, a lot of people want to point at Robert Sala and what the 49ers did on defense as causation more than correlation. Okay, you get all these D linemen, all these studs, it's all these studs, it's gonna be a great defense no matter who's calling the plays. Which might have been true in 2019. I read this tweet by Scott Barrett. It says the 49ers were second best in team defense DVOA in 2019, but in 2020 they were six, despite no DeForest Buckner, only two games from Nick Bosa, only five from Richard Sherman, two from Solomon Thomas, one from D Ford, two from Ziggy Anza, and seven from Jaquiski Tart. These are all guys that on 49ers depth chart were starters and he had numerous holes in that defense and he still had them as a top six unit this is a guy who's an elite play caller his blitzes are crazy his pressure is crazy he gets the most out of his guy out of his guys because he's coaching them up so hard not only on the x's and o's board but he's getting the effort out of all of them i think that this is truly a guy that's a defensive line edge type whisperer deforest buckner sick eric armstead good Nick Bosa, really good, but he was supposed to be that good. Then you also have Javon Kinlaw that looked good last year. D Ford has looked good since he's been under Robert Sala's coaching. There's all these D linemen that have gone on to do good things elsewhere and good things on the 49ers that he coached. Now, I love that for the Jets because we have Quinnen Williams. We have uh, John Franklin Myers, two interior D linemen. I think that he can really coach up and get their full potential. Quinnen Williams' full potential can be a DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead. It can even be someone like a tier below Aaron Donald. Now you can say I'm capping with that, but at the end of the day, you have to remember Quinn Williams was a third overall pick. Nick Bosa was a second overall pick. This is a guy that has that type of pedigree as an interior defensive end, three, four type guy. He can coach up Quinn Williams to reach that full potential. People really, they really sleep on what his full potential was coming out of school. After saying all those good things about Robert Saul and everything that he's going to bring to this team, my only concern for him coming in when he was interviewing with the Jets was that he's a defensive minded coach. And what is the offense going to look like on a team with a DC and Robert Sala head coach. I don't want another team like when we had Rex Ryan, we had Todd Bowles. They bring in those guys that just get recycled in the NFL. They bring in Chan Gailey, Brian Schottenheimer. These are guys that very rarely have top 10, top 15 units, and they just get recycled around the league and consistently just maintain a top 20 offensive unit. And that's not, not what I want. I want an offensive coordinator. I want an offense that is creative. I want an offense that's new, that's modern, that looks the part of a perennial top 10 offense in the NFL, because that's the only way they're going to win championships. And Joe Douglas, my fucking boy, goes out there. He kills two birds with one stone, and he not only brings in DC Robert Sala, but he gets Mike LaFleur, who's the brother of the Packers HC, who now has two number one scoring seasons in four years with the Packers. And he was the passing game coordinator at San Francisco, this guy, Mike LaFleur. And before people write him off because, okay, he was the passing coordinator. He wasn't even the OC. He wasn't even calling the plays. Well, he was the passing game coordinator. And not only that, but he was a highly sought after OC candidate heading into the season. There's a lot of OC openings and you don't see those contract talks or interviews happen because most of the time the HC comes in, the head coach, and then he hires his own offense coordinator, which he wouldn't have made it to anybody else besides wherever Robert Sala went. But at the end of the day, this is a guy that a lot of teams would have loved to have as their OC. And he has a lot of experience under Kyle Shanahan and that Kyle Shanahan offense. He's been Kyle Shanahan's right-hand man for the last seven years, dating back to Cleveland, the Cleveland Browns. He was the Kyle Shanahan was the OC for the Cleveland Browns. Kyle Shanahan was an assistant. Then he was the OC for the Atlanta Falcons. Kyle Shanahan was assistant. Then he was the head coach for the 49ers. And ever since then, he has been assistant, then wide receiver coach, then passing game coordinator. And now he's OC. That's the kind of route you want to see for an up and coming, super bright offensive mind. I think that he's going to 
be in there. He is going to be a modern offensive mind. I think it's going to be a little bit more run skewed, which I don't love, but I still like the idea of a Shanahan type offense. The defense is going to be great. These are both coaches that can sustain top 15 units on each side of the ball. It just comes down to personnel, which with that being said is when we're going to go into our three round mock draft for today and just kind of look at what I think the Joe Douglas, Robert Sala connection are going to do in the offseason talk about some of the free agent signings. So let me hop on that website. I'll be right back. So before I even get into this mock draft in the offseason with you got Joe Douglas, you have Robert Sala, now you have Mike LaFleur. I think that they're going to, I think that the only way that you get Robert Sala on this team is you sell him that we're going to really go after some needs this offseason in free agency. We're going to spend in free agency and we're going to be aggressive in this draft. Now, I also think that they are going to be, I think as of right now, as it stands, I'm going to assume that they're going to build around Sam Darnold. In my opinion, I've made this vocal before. I want to take a QB at two. That's what I really want. But if Robert Sala and Joe Douglas agree that they're going to build around Sam, then at that same time, I can respect the decision. And today, we're just going to do a mock draft and mock free agency of what I think they're going to do. Now, in free agency, expect them to get a wide receiver. I really think they're going to get one of Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay, Chris Godwin, or Juju Smith-Schuster. I also expect them to attack, attack edge for Robert Sala. They have all of the guys interior. They just need an edge guy for Robert Sala. I think they're going to go after, you got Shaq Barrett, Carl Lawson, Yannick Ngakwe. You got, um, who's the last one I'm trying to think? Matthew Judon. I think one of those four guys will also sign. And then also look out for them to get a, uh, some sort of offensive lineman, offensive tackle. They could go for like a Brandon Scherf or something like that, or Trent Williams. I don't see them spending up that high for it. They're probably just going to get depth pieces. And the one more addition I expect them to make is most likely going to be Richard Sherman. Now, when I say Richard Sherman to the Jets, I think a lot of people are going to say, what the fuck are you talking about? There's no way, like now we're just we're just like picking every player that you want from free agency. But I think Richard Sherman really makes a lot of sense for him to come to the Jets, be that veteran type leader, because he loves Robert Sala. Robert Sala has been his DC since 2018. And not only that, but he was on the defensive staff for three or four years and won a Super Bowl with Richard Sherman. He was like a defensive quality control coach, but they have ties going back super far. Richard Sherman, now he's a free agent. They might just sign him to a one or two year deal in New York to be that kind of presence. And if you if you pair him on the outside with some weapons, or not weapons, but some pieces on that defense, that can be a top 10 unit next year. They already were elite at stopping the run. But as you guys see, we're on the clock at number two. And this is where we make our pick, whether it's going to be Penny Sewell, Jamar Chase, Sight. All right, so if we're going to build around Sam Donald, I really don't expect it to stay at number two. I think a couple spots that we could move to would be number four with the Falcons. I think any of the picks seven through nine with the Lions, Panthers, or Broncos all work. But in this mock draft, we're going to trade all the way back to the number 12 spot with the Niners. I think the Niners come up, they grab their QB. We're going to move back to 10. And not only we're, going to, we're not only going to move back to 10, but we're now going to get a first and second in 2021, 2022, and 2023. First and seconds in all of those drafts, plus the third in 2021. That's an amazing haul. That's an insane haul. I will take that any day of the week. We're going to send that offer, see if they accept. And we're fucking in, boys. We're fucking in. And for some reason, I don't know, man. This this mock draft shit is is insane. I, I sometimes sometimes it annoys me. This this Patrick Sertain pick should 100% be Zach Wilson or Justin Fields, but because they're both off the clock by the time we're up, I don't care. That just imagine that that's where that's what happened. Imagine that instead of Patrick Sertain, that was Justin Fields or Zach Wilson, but it doesn't matter because this is a Jets mock draft. We don't care about the 49ers. If the 49ers want to trade up to number two and grab Patrick Sertain, they're welcome to do that. But here on the board, now, like I said, they probably will be going after a guy like Richard Sherman in free agency. And if they do, and they're on the clock here, I would love the idea of pairing Richard Sherman with Caleb Farley. That would immediately make our outside elite. In our cornerbacks, 
were easily the biggest weakness of our team. So if we if we attack that right here, first and foremost with Caleb Farley, who's arguably the best cornerback in this draft. I know Patrick Sertain's great, but Caleb Farley arguably is better out of Virginia Tech. So we're going to take him here, and we'll see what comes back around to us. Now we're sitting at 23. A lot of wide receivers went off the clock. Something that's big is Gregory Russo went off the clock and edge. Joseph Asai and edge. I think they're going to be looking at edge here. I think running back will be looked at here, but I don't think Joe Douglas is the type of guy that wants to bring in a running back. I don't think that he liked the Le'Veon Bell move. He hasn't been known on the, the Eagles to bring in, to spend high draft capital on running back. I think that he's going to, to attack that later. So we're going to pass on Najee Harris and Travis Etienne here. And I think that they probably go with, with an offensive tackle. I could definitely see an offensive tackle. I think that tackles in, in play here. I think wide receivers in play. I think edge. But I think ultimately in this spot, they're going to go offensive tackle. I think they go Alex Leatherwood here. Alex Leatherwood is a super solid le uh, left tackle. You can be right tackle, but now you, you lock it in. You're going to protect Sam Darnold. Like I said, hopefully they go out and grab a Juju Godwin, something like that, the pair alongside Mims, and you get Jamison Crowder, Crowder in the slot, Herndon at tight end, which is, a, which is a pretty solid offense. And they're going to want to run the ball, so they're going to add to the offensive line here. And actually, instead of going Alex Leatherwood, they're going to add to the offensive line. They're going to go Elijah Vera Tucker here. I think he can play guard. I think he can move out the tackle if you need him there. I think that they just need pieces up front for this running game that they want to establish. And we're going to decline that. And here at 34, if Najee Harris is staring them in the face, I think they're going to be extremely tempted to go there. I think that they will be extremely tempted to go Najee Harris if he's staring them in the face in the in the like second pick of the, the second round. But I think in this spot that they're going to go edge. I think Aziz Olujari out of Georgia is a guy that a lot of play, people like. He's a guy that is an edge rusher. I think that if you, you're, they're going to bring in one, like I said, of Matthew Judon, Yannick Ngakwe. But they're going to get a, let's get a second piece on the outside. And now you're going to have Quinn Williams, John Franklin Myers, a Judon, uh, Ngakwe, a Shaq Barrett. And now you're going to get Aziz Olujari on the other side. I think that that is a solid, solid exterior that they build there. Now, with this pick, I honestly wasn't expecting Mac Jones to make it this far, so that's what makes this pick pretty interesting. I think, out of all the guys on the board, I think the guys that make the most sense would be an Amon Ross, St. Brown. I think Mac Jones, Mac Jones has no business being here at number 44, and I think if he did make it this far, I think the Jets could be players to get him. So that's why I'm thinking about that pretty much. I'm thinking Amon Ross, St. Brown. I'm also thinking Deontay Brown, the interior O-lineman from Alabama, and I also like the tight end out of Miami, Brevin Jordan here. But if I was to make the guess... If Mac Jones falls to 44, I think that they think about going Mac Jones here. But I don't know if they want to spook Darnold like that. So I think that I'm just going to go, I'm going to go Amon Ross St. Brown. I've seen him go in the first round in some mocks. Amon Ross St. Brown's a legit wide receiver. And the reason I go Amon Ross St. Brown, he's a slot guy. And Jamison Crowder, he's getting paid $10 million right now. I think there's a really good chance that he gets cut. He's getting paid $10 million a year and none of it's guaranteed. He has a, he has a very cuttable contract. I think that... Joe Douglas is going to bring in a wide receiver from free agency, and I think he's going to get a get one in the draft, and he's going to end up cutting Jamison Crowder. That's my prediction. We're going to go Amon Ross St. Brown, and now we're really starting to build this offense. We grabbed an O line, we grabbed a wide receiver, we grabbed an edge and a quarterback or a cornerback for the defense. We're looking solid. I, I really like the way that this draft looks, and I think that's it's something that fits what uh, Robert Sala and Joe Douglas are trying to do with this team. Now Carlos Basham still on the board, another edge rusher. I think that I think that they would really I think they would love that pick, but I think that they'd also be very upset that he made it this far. But the good thing is that Brevin Jordan's here, another Miami tight end. 
I know Chris Herndon was good for that one year with Darnold, and I think that he's fine. But Brevin Jordan gives them not only a, a depth piece there where they have no one behind him. It was like it's like Ryan Griffin, who I'm not even sure if Ryan Griffin's on their contract at this point. So we're gonna bring in Brevin Jordan. He looks like a he looks like a stud tight end prospect. I hate these trade offers I get on this on this website, but it's it's whatever. Now at this pick, I think that they could easily go with one of these O line here. I think. They, I think they're looking at running back, but we're just going to go. I really like Kenneth Gainwell, and I like Trey Sermon. I think that those are two guys that could easily be on the Jets. But I'm going to pass on them for now and go with Walker Little out of Stanford. Just get an, another O tackle. I think what we have, we ended up going with an interior guy. Now we go with a tackle. We get two pieces on the O-line. get a wide receiver to help. We get a tight end to help Sam. We got a lot of stuff to help Sam right now on top of an edge and a corner that already fit Robert Sala's scheme. Now we, we pick between Kenneth Gainwell and Trey Sermon. I'm going to go Trey Sermon because he has that that power between the tackles type running that I think a guy like Kyle Shanahan would really like. Or not Kyle Shanahan, obviously LaFleur. But here's the draft, man. Like I said, love the signing. Love Robert Sala. Love the OC they just brought in. And if we trade back from 2 to 12 and we get all these picks, look at this. This is just the, this is just the first three rounds. Uh, a, a spot in time where a team should only have three picks. The Jets... If they make that move, they now have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven picks in the top three rounds, which would be insane. They pair Caleb Farley with Richard Sherman on the outsides. They get Elijah Vera Tucker on the inside. He can play either guard spot. I think he can even move out the tackle. You get an edge rusher to pair with a guy like Judon, Shaq Barrett, any of those guys. Wide receiver and Amon Ross St. Brown to pair with Mims and then one of Juju, Allen Robinson, anybody like that. Plus a Brevin Jordan to play with Herndon. I know that those 49ers guys, they like to come out in 12 personnel sometimes that's Kyle Shanahan so now you get two tight ends to work with there's gonna be plenty of weapons for Sam Donald to work with and on top of that he gets a run he gets a running back in Trey Sermon that looked like a monster uh if you watch him in the college football playoff game against Clemson and if you watch him against Northwestern this is a dude that can take over games break tackles he looks really good and then you get Walker Little a solid offensive tackle that could probably play right tackle almost immediately depending on what's going on with Chuma Adoga and this is an offseason I'm really excited about man if you made it this far I appreciate it uh, this is the most excited I've been to be a Jets fan in a long fucking time, a long time of disappointment and sadness. But we're gonna we're gonna overlook that. We're we're stepping onto we're turning over a new leaf. We're stepping into a new era in the the New York Jets season. Now, if you're a Jets fan or you just like football videos in general, make sure you go down below, leave a like, subscribe, comment. I also got a Discord down below. It's not a Jets fan Discord, but it's a overall football Discord where it's fantasy football, football, NBA stuff, gaming. I might even add a, a Jets a Jets fans channel in there if I get enough of you guys in there. But as always, man, you can find me at Ron Stewart underscore on Twitter, and I'll see you guys in the next one.